What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen. We talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Hello, welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. Also known to me as Dad. Um, <laughs> just to remind you every now and then. Yeah. Um, so if you're joining for the first time, um, this is the podcast where we talk about like culture politics religion, religion and that's a, a mix psychology of all, psychology like all those sorts of intersections mm. and that definitely all comes into this particular topic mm. which is broadly contraception mm. but what started as off wanting to talk about it what made me want to talk to you about it was the male contraceptive because I remembered all the controversy around 2016 and kind of gone on since then and it's 2021 now like 2016 feels like it was I'm like oh recently <laughs> but it's not actually that recent anymore we're, we're in the 20s now but um anyway I just remembered that and wanted to talk about it um but yeah don't, should I just jump in or? yeah I, I think the thing to say about this is you know obviously um Traditionally, it's it's sometimes seen as a difficult thing to talk to your children about, and yeah. uh, obviously you're an adult now. But um, mm. even so, not everybody might want to talk about the subject. We think it's important for families to talk about it, and yeah, that's really what this podcast is all about. You know, looking yeah. at things that are perhaps a bit difficult to talk about can sometimes be controversial, but we want to kind of look at them in a in a rational way and try to dig deep. So that's yeah. kind of, and you had this interest, particular interest in male contraception so um so yeah Here we, we thought it'd be a good subject for a what should i think about definitely so Welcome. do you want to kick off yeah so um i've had to obviously put normally i put my phone on airplane mode as to not annoy everybody mm. but obviously I'm, i need my sources You've got some references there yeah so i'm starting us off um please refrain from rolling eyes um a vox article so there's a lot of opinions <laughs> just on vox but they take an opinion that I wasn't expecting. So this is particularly around male contraception yeah. and some trials and, and so on around that. Yeah, so in uh, 2016 there was a particular trial mm. um, with 362 men um, where they were testing an injectable hormone um, contraceptive that would uh, allow them to still have their libido but not produce sperm or like not have the sperm be part of the equation anyway um so that is what we're looking at here and a lot of people at the time this is the particular trial that really got people in like a right twist like everyone was really (laughs) mad about it from both kind of corners i think Mm. because there was a lot of pointing of blame and what i'm just going to do is i'm just going to read a bit so if you're not, not aware, it just sort of sets the scene. So mm. this particular Vox article. And it wasn't really the opinion I was expecting from Vox. Mm. So that's my own personal biases there. There's a new study making the rounds about a seemingly effective male birth control. The hormonal injection, designed to slow or block sperm production, had a 96% success rate at preventing pregnancy among couples who completed the study. There's just one problem, according to some media reports. The new method won't be available anytime soon because the men in the study were wimps. They couldn't handle side effects, moodiness, acne that women on birth control deal with all the time and so the study had to be terminated. 
Male birth control study nixed after men can't handle side effects women face daily, read the USA Today headline. Similar stories appeared at The Atlantic and Cosmopolitan. These stories are wrong and misleading, is how this article is set up. So Mm. straight away they're saying, well, no, that's Mm. not why Mm. the male birth control is nixed. It's not because men are wimps, but that is basically what I saw all over Mm. the, you know, as it points out a few news and media outlets but also that's just what i saw on my social media which i forgot to say in our pre-talk um i saw that all over so from um friends and so on influencers that said well i dealt with these things you know why are Mm. we well poor poor men yeah it was very like well poor you having to deal with what we deal with all the time Mm. um yeah so then the article kind of goes on to say the uh, the participants in it you know they were calling they're being called wimpy um and, and just they're just not not getting on with it um yeah so what they say in this particular vox article is the rate of side effects in this study was higher than what women typically experience during hormonal birth control there is a difference of opinion between articles so in this vox article they say that whereas in a um, Johns Hopkins um, blog post from that hospital they say that there is a discrepancy where women are still having a higher percentage of side effects than the men in that study yep. however we don't know where they're getting their data sets from so you don't know if um, for the comparison for the comparison mm. yeah so I know I know that the Johns Hopkins one is comparing the IUD so what we would call in England like the coil mm. that's what they're using to compare with the injection but then but then in this um vox article they don't say what their comparison to which female contraceptive it is so bear that in mind because statistics can people just think statistics are like truth machines Mm, but they can be used Mm. so that's just something to throw out there i mean we should probably do a podcast on statistics definitely because it's so complicated but i just Mm. want to throw that out there Mm. um but that's just something to bear in mind. So they're saying in this Vox article that the side effects were higher than the female side yeah. effects. But I don't have a reference for what study they're using that. Yeah. Um, then they do have something from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. The decision to terminate the trial was based on the Research Product Review Panel's review of the study adverse events. Um, events. The conclusion that the risks to the study participant outweighed the potential benefits to the study participants and to the increased precision of the study outcome findings from having the full cohort i can't speak do you want to read this no you read it you've (laughs) learned how to read you've been to uni oh my god right Benefits to the study participants and to the increased precision of the study outcome findings from having the full cohort contribute to the final analysis. So basically they're just, to take out the jargon, they're just Mm. saying the benefits did not outweigh the side effects. Potential risks and side effects. So they ceased the study. Yeah. Um, There was 320 men who participated in the research um, and they reported a whopping 1,491 adverse events. And the researchers running the trial determined that 900, 900 of these events were caused by the injectable contraceptive. So obviously there's a discrepancy between the adverse events and which ones can be linked to the injectable mm, sure. hormone um, contraceptive. But that's not to say that, you know, all of them definitely were as a relation to it. And the ones that 
they're saying they can't link differently mm. weren't it's just you have to prove things yeah with the information you have so that's the information they have okay and and you know i think if, if you take out what it was and who was being he was testing what drug and so on i think if you said that there was 900 adverse events to 320 participants to a particular clinical trial we would want them to stop Hmm. um however there was this huge backlash Hmm. um even though it says um so these are the side effects so i'll finish this bit off and then we'll move on okay so um so the side effects in question where nearly a quarter of participants experienced pain at the injection site, nearly half got acne, more than 20% had a mood disorder, 38% experienced an increased sexual drive, and 15% reported muscle pain. Other rarer side effects included testicular pain, night sweats, and confusion. One study participant died by suicide, though researchers determined it wasn't related to the birth control. 20 men dropped out of the study because of the side effects. Um, so obviously basically side effects were not um, considered it wasn't considered viable to continue at that time or it wasn't considered safe to continue so they stopped Mm. Um, so yeah that was uh, interesting another just a quick fact for you is that in fact 75% of the men wanted to continue using the shot according to the press release from the study Despite the higher than expected number of adverse events, many participants expressed their satisfaction with the method and indicated that their partners were relieved that they did not have to bear the burden of contraception themselves. Hmm. So that's interesting in itself. So when we say that the study was ceased because men were wimps, or 75% of the Hmm. quote-unquote wimps actually were happy to continue using it. So that's just something to keep Mm. in mind i think Mm. so given all of that information um just jumping straight in there i mean what do you uh, what do you think Mm. how do you frame that yeah yeah so i think um my, my initial response is that there is a um i feel that there is a a tendency to jump onto a narrative that is quite popular and generally liberal men even will kind of put up with which is that you know men are wimps and they're also um yeah not as good as women and um so so there's a similar narrative around the way that male politicians and female politicians have handled the coronavirus for instance um there's been a lot of talk um in the newspapers and social media about how much better women, female leaders, politicians have uh, managed their their country's response to coronavirus, and I know that's been a concern of um, certainly a lot a lot of people in academia that that these claims are being made and they're not really being backed up. One of my old tutors, in fact, I know has been particularly concerned about this. Happens to be a woman, um, but she's interested in data and in evidence. Mm. And she's concerned that this narrative just doesn't actually hold up to the data. If you look at, if you look at how many different types of leaders there are, and so on and so on, it just doesn't doesn't stack up. Um, and yet that that narrative somehow is is allowed to carry on. So, yeah, there's obviously there's political um, there's a political element to this. There's a factor in this that is yeah, it's nice to kind of 
it's kind of easy, a bit lazy really, just to paint mm. men as being wimps. Um, yeah, and I think most men, are, well, in my experience, are more than more than happy to acknowledge that, you know, if men had to give childbirth, that we probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, of course, we would because evolution would have equipped yeah. us to do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's a bit of a silly, a silly narrative that isn't really based around any actual facts. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a danger, there's a risk of that. Um, however, it it may be rooted in. Do you want to talk about that now? The the roots of of kind of yeah, I suppose. Or like, um, I I I suppose my my question is like, mm. what do we want to achieve? Let's say I'm mm. speaking for we as in women, and we're angry at men for not for being wimps and not mm. wanting to you know deal with the side effects because what they're saying. I mean, in the Johns Hopkins. Um, blog post article uh, it talks about uh, let me just grab it yeah in the Johns Hopkins article it compares the IUD to this particular clinical trial uh, and it says you know a currently on the market FDA approved female contraception is um, you know it, it has higher rates of or I'll just read them for you so you know, an FDA-approved female contraception has 5.2% of women reported with mood swings and 5.4% reported depression in comparison to that trial where 4.7% of men experienced mood swings and 2.8% experienced depression. So I suppose the anger um, that's come into play is that women, you know, in a direct comparison between two independent hormonal contraceptives are having worse side effects you know reportedly according to that those studies but theirs got through fda approval and is Mm. now on the market and people are buying it and using it whereas the male one got ceased because it was you know it wasn't considered safe enough to be continued even as a trial let alone to go to market so So, that's the anger i suppose so i guess what we're what we have to then say what what are we saying then in that case if if that you know on the face of it then that is suggesting that's the trial because we, we have to differentiate the um the male population of potential contraception users mm-hmm. we have to separate them from the from the trial itself because it's the trial it's the people in charge of the trial who made the decision to stop the trial mm-hmm. and not to not to give approval or not even to ask for approval yeah. for that particular drug so it's not it's not men per se it's the it's the people doing the trial obviously i don't know the makeup of the gender makeup of that um of that research project um so maybe that's relevant yeah, we I don't, don't know, know if it was all men or exactly we just don't yeah. know but it, it's not men as a population that decided not to carry on with that it's the trial and it's the ethics board around that trial mm. um so are we saying then that the that the the trial itself, the people responsible for that trial and for those drugs, think that it's more important that men don't have side effect, effects than women? So if that's if that's what we're making, if that's the claim we're making, then obviously that would be appalling. Um, but I, I'm I not sure it think, is. No, I I'm don't, not sure that is what's behind it. No, I don't think that the medical 
bodies that create these no they're not going to sit there and say well yeah it's, it's okay for women to have this higher level than men um so i mean i don't know for sure it is possible that's happening but i find that very hard to believe mm. so something else must be happening so that, i suppose the question is then what else is happening and i i suspect that there might be a number of things um including the increased sensitivity and and the, the the more hoops that are required if you like for new drugs to get onto the market um so there is generally an increased level of of efficacy and safety that's required yeah. as time goes by so even though the this particular iud only came onto market in 2015 there's already a precedent set yeah. in terms of what's um, acceptable and not acceptable among female contraceptives set by the pill which came onto market in like the 50s and 60s so i suppose that poten- this is my mm. i'm not saying that mm. i know but I'm, I'm supposing that they measure acceptability um of of side effects of what's already of what's on the already on the market yeah. so you know for the iud to get on the market i presume that they used the previous you know um they looked at the previous methods that mm. were already available to buy and said, well, it's well within those parameters, so that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Whereas with the male one, I presume, you know, that, but that I know there isn't anything on the market, therefore yeah. there's nothing to measure it by, therefore mm. they'll be setting a standard mm. with that. So potentially that's why. And, and, and for me, I don't want everyone to sink into the mud with me, so to speak. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Like I'm not like, you know, as someone that is in a heterosexual relationship... I, I'm not like, you know, and, and I've not had, I, I think maybe it's fair for me to say, I've not had loads of side effects mm. from my particular hormonal contraceptive. Um, I have the implant. Um, I probably have had an increase in acne. That is something that the doctor always brings up when I'm trying to do my acne. They're mm. like, maybe you should try other things, but that that's a potential thing. But, you know, on the whole, I haven't experienced um, huge mental health side effects and so on. So maybe that's why I'm not as vitriolic as mm. some people are like mm. they need to have a taste yeah. of it i guess if I somebody's mean? had a terrible experience then yeah but i don't think that that's necessarily healthy and what i would what i would want from this is instead of being like men are wimps and they just need to join us in the mud mm. um you know get in the trenches with us so to speak is that i would rather um if we see how stringent and and, and careful we're being when we look at the men and saying that's not acceptable then just transferring that and saying well what can we do is there new research that needs to be done can we improve female contraceptives mm. you know if there's work being done on the male one that before it goes to market i mean can we do something and i'm not saying just take all female contraceptive off the market because that's the other thing like people do rely on these mm. contraceptive methods mm. for their like life and family planning and so on so yeah do you, do you see what I mean? Like, what are we expecting? We need to have a bit of a plan and a goal. Like, I don't, I don't want to just um, take away female contraceptive because of the potential side effects, and I don't want to just push a male contraceptive through the market because I want them to deal with it too. No, but if 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 you say that that women should or need to accept a certain risk of side effects then it would seem to me to be fair that men would also... It should be okay for men to accept the same level of risk of side effects. Mm. 
that seems fair to yeah. me. Um, so I don't, I don't personally see a problem in saying that there should be an even distributed <laughs> amount mm. of risk. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with the principle of what you're saying that you yeah. know we we should be concentrating more on making all contraceptive less risky less risky yeah yeah and and just i think it's more for me it's just the kind of like anger that seems to be present yeah yeah (laughs) where it's like instead of like a like that was a very measured and Mm. and competent and calm way of saying like risk assessment basically yeah whereas that's not what i was seeing in all of the angry Mm. tweets and posts and stuff what i was kind of seeing was you know are very like, sort of like ironic, um, sarcastic, yeah. satiric. Oh, diddums, Yeah, poor these... little man can't handle it. Oh, no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, I do. And, and, and that's, I just don't think very helpful. No, but I, I wonder, this, this keys into quite a lot of what we've talked about, some on the podcast and some just generally. Because believe around, it or not, we talked to each other. Yeah, about kind of broad brush sweeps. A, a, around particular parts of the community whether you're talking about sex or race or religion or whatever it, it's always really quite unfair to to do that because of course people are very different and the whole question is very nuanced i think what like i think a lot of these conversations get into trouble because of what i would describe as category errors right so and by that what i mean is that where the problem lies is often at a systematic level mm. whereas what is often attacked is at or it feels like at the individual level so so in terms of those individuals 300 and odd people that took part in that particular uh, trial and the scientists involved in the trial itself it's it feels like they just did their job basically mm. which was doing a trial recording the side effects weighing it up against the benefits going through an ethics board and continually monitoring the ethics of that of continuing that trial and then making a calculation whether it should continue simple but at a wider societal level you have got inequalities and you have sexism Mm -hmm. so i would say the reason why uh, people probably get angry about that is because of the the societal sexism that exists in our society not really because of those those guys involved in that trial mm. or indeed even in the in the people that were involved in administering it no because they're, they're ultimately they're trying to find they're, yeah. they're testing it and, and they're just following a set of yeah. protocols that they they've already been um you know that, and they follow that in all sorts of areas yeah. I think to imagine that they've they look at it with a separate lens because it happens to be a bunch of men I find that very unlikely but what I think what is true is if you think about the history of birth control and of family planning and of contraception the the weight of that has been on women mm. it's women who've had to bear the brunt of unplanned pregnancies it's women who've had to um, disrupt their lives because they've ended up with a child, and the assumption is that that the mother will will have to give up her career and 
and so yeah. on. Um, it's women in the main who have had to fight for the right to have control over their own reproduction and the ability to decide whether they want to have children or not. Um, so I think that's, that's um, you know, it's women, of course, who felt that the pill um, as a particular form of contraception was particularly liberating for them because they could now have control. Yeah, they it... didn't have to, they didn't have to, worry about the man doing what he they could they could take that control for themselves and that feels like a really important moment and it's key to note as well that in a couple of these articles i was looking at um they were um and asking women as well how they felt about you know the men now being in charge of it yeah and oh well over half i think about two-thirds were said they that concerned them yeah (laughs) because um they're worried that they might not take it at the same yeah. time every day. They're worried about, mm. they're, you know, they, to, 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 it's been, I suppose, you know, it's, if it's something you've always taken care of, you've always taken the pill, you know, you're good at doing that. Mm. Um, you know, it, it could be quite scary yeah. to hand that over to your partner or just trusting, you know, you might meet someone, go on a date and decide you want to mm. get together and just trusting them when they say that they have taken Absolutely. their pill yeah um and so on so there was actually quite a high amount of women that found that um, yes and i think that's stressful that's probably why the um i think we're talking here about um monogamous um, yeah the studies were done on on monogamous couples couples, that's something to say monogamous obviously heterosexual couples it's about preventing pregnancy um so i think the idea that women well if i was a woman um i definitely wouldn't would want to maintain control over that um in the respect that you I know will... it's okay <laughs> exactly. then don't you because you th- there's only so much yeah. you can know in the world that's right <laughs> and you you know and it's not to even suggest that this isn't to just men are up to no good and they're just like no. it's just you it's just nice to know you're in control of things well because because it's you that um ultimately would, would end up <laughs> exactly exactly so um yeah you're the land landlord yeah um yeah so i think i think that's hold the keys to that (laughs) that's always going to be a really important um uh element of control for a woman and and i think that's that shouldn't be underestimated but for me that that's perhaps where a lot of this anger comes from it's the fact that you know women probably feel they've had to bear the brunt of of this um this whole area and um, the moment that men are being asked to take a take a part in that, they, you know, it's almost quote, quote, it's a bit out. it's a bit too <laughs> uncomfortable for me, you know. Yeah, and and yeah. I can if that's if that's the way it's um, presented or framed, then yeah. yeah, I can understand the anger yeah. on that. Because, like I said, um, you know, it it says in that Vox article, there's multiple, or it quoted it as like, oh, it's ready to use, it's all brilliant and good, but men just don't do it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, I mean, no wonder there was a lot of anger, sure. knowing that there are, you know, especially recently, I think I've seen a lot of women talking about, because it's becoming less taboo, I suppose, talking about their experiences with contraception and their negative experiences with contraception. Um, and maybe as well as we um, progress further away from sort of the... OG sexual revolution where it was all very exciting and amazing to have something like the pill and this freedom it allowed and that it meant you know sex was not potentially there there wasn't all of these uh, 
additional fears around it it was more of a a choice you didn't have to necessarily be married um, there weren't as many consequences you know um, or even societal fears because it was you know frowned upon um, to be having sex outside of marriage but I suppose during that period it was all very exciting to have this mm. opportunity and then I suppose naturally over time maybe that excitement has dwindled a little bit it's become standard fare of life isn't it that you yeah I mean it's uh, and it's also right to point out I think important to point out that um, it's not it's not and it's not only about um, these decisions that are made are not only about childbirth they're also about um, other things like STDs and and all that sort of thing as well so there are other other considerations when it comes to sexual behavior because obviously hormonal contraceptives it says if you Mm. ever gone um we spoke about it before the nhs uh, that's where i get i always get my medical information from because i find it a trustworthy site um it always says it has the pros and cons and it's always like there's a lot of pros Mm. to the hormonal contraceptives but it does not protect you against stis or any sexually transmitted diseases or infections so you know that is one thing to keep in mind and that is the you know i guess this is a weird way of calling it but the oldie but goodie of the condom it does do both yeah providing you use it properly yeah it's 98 percent effective and it does protect you against um Mm. stis and pregnancy so that is you know there so there are there is there are two male options currently uh condoms and vasectomy yeah that's right and and i I did want to mention that um yeah which is quite a big choice yeah men do have a vasectomy I don't know whether I'm going to include this bit in there, but um, you can. <laughs> it's okay. But um, yeah, so so as a man who's had a vasectomy, mm. um, yeah, that's that is also not without its side effects, which no. I don't think I'm going to go into in great detail in I this mean, podcast. I think you can understand what that means. It's not exactly pain-free, is it? No, you it's don't not come pain-free. out and you're like. Yes, um, it's a <laughs> it's an operation that is uh, obviously you don't get product to sleep. It's not a you have the happy drugs, don't you? <laughs> you have well afterwards. You have happy drugs oh, right. during the actual operation. You just have local anaesthetic. Mm. Um, yeah, and it, it it's basically you know uh, cauterizing. Is that the word? Um, <laughs> they shut the doors. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That it, that requires again. You can't feel this. It's just a. Um, Although the injection to of the local anaesthetic is is a remarkable thing, um, and uh, and the smell, yeah, it makes you hungry. Oh God, <laughs> it's like cooking. Oh no, oh. I'm not sure I'm going to include that. No, you should because it's taboo, and therefore you should. <laughs> so my point is, is that you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of men have that operation yeah. um so it's not like all men are total wimps and will never do anything that is no you know birth controlly. um but that seemed like a really important thing to do um because it obviously releases your partner from having to have those yeah. ongoing yeah. injections or pills or, or whatever it, it is it, that it, they have it's often um something that um, it's often something that men do sort of later isn't it because yeah. typically i think women will have you know in, in the younger years will take the brunt of it and do like the pill most the the most popular 
contraception is still the pill so most women will take the pill but at a certain point you're told to stop taking the pill you can't have yeah, it for forever there is a consciousness that you are clearly there's a hormone change that you're uh, creating in your body it's not natural we all know that contraception isn't natural no. that's the whole thing natural state of uh, of things is that that women would be pregnant a lot of the time yeah. um and you'd end up with you know a dozen children but yeah. we don't live in that we don't world. necessarily no. want that so it isn't natural but it's better than the alternative but yeah there comes a point where i think um you start feeling well um been doing this a while yeah that's and, right so and it'd be better if they like, didn't yeah they're yeah. keen to change it um i mean the other thing of course is as far as, far as i understand it and you can correct me if i'm wrong but mm. male um sterilization is easier than female sterilization that's mm. why male sterilization is much more common so mm. in that's that sense it switches really yeah so the permanent decision which it is a permanent decision. I mean, there are some men who have had it reversed, but it's very difficult. You have to, you're told very clearly before you have it to see this as permanent. Mm. So you know, if anything, I mean, I'm I'm old now. I'm in my fifties now, so I have no. Even if anything happened to your mum, I wouldn't necessarily want more children. But you know, when I had it done quite a few years ago, if um, you know, if relationship had broken up or if anything ever happened to my wife you know obviously that would impact upon my life so it's quite a big decision to mm. say I, I will no longer turning off the taps yeah, yeah. it's completely saying I, I will no longer be a father to anybody else and that's mm. that's quite a big decision so mm. in that respect it flips a little bit in that mm. it's the man that makes that decision yeah. generally because um, I think it's um it is just you don't have to get in as much like it's not as like um it's not as big a surgical procedure no. so that, uh, to the no, female right. one of quote unquote tying your tubes though obviously that's not what they're doing but that's just no. what it's been um, colloquialised as tying yeah. tubes I mean, without yeah. getting into detail things are on the outside yeah um, whereas for women things are not on the outside so that it's as simple yeah. as that it, it just yeah. requires less of a, an intervention so yeah. it tends to be men that, that have that done yeah. and, and the reason that obviously the um an argument as to why it's easier with women for hormone contraceptives is obviously there's only so many eggs like you're born with the amount of eggs you will have Mm. and you only release one every month whereas men have like loads of swimmers (laughs) (laughs) Um, like it's it's a lot bigger of an intervention Mm. um which is obviously well that's why vasectomy is is good is because it just stops them getting out basically Mm. (laughs) um but obviously that's that's part of it is that it, it's just there's a there's a ratio issue <laughs> to yeah, deal with yeah so there are there are practical differences um going back to our um initial discussion as to i suppose what i would describe as quite an infantile conversation mm. about men and women yeah um it would be better to have a more adult conversation like a about productive conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. what do we want to achieve yeah. i think that's what i was saying and about. i think most uh, most people, most sensible people, would would say we want the choice for both men and women to be there, for couples to make that decision, um, and of course individuals to make that decision with the knowledge that there is there are as few side effects as possible, um, and yeah, that, that it's about about the same level of risk yeah. for both parties, and that seems to me perfectly. Mm-hmm 
perfectly fair. But what what holds us back from that is both practical medical considerations, but also historical uh, systemic sexism, which which has meant that the burden has fallen yeah. more onto women than men. So um, we talked a little bit about the the wider um, societal how we got the pills. yeah how we got there sort of thing and um and I, I suppose that that maybe brings us to a slightly wider conversation about contraception as a whole and where we are currently uh as a as a society with that i mean that probably plays what do in we think of contraception yeah generally? and that probably plays in somewhat to these decisions that are being made about male cons- contraception in a way um because there are lots of parts of society that are still um, quite ambivalent about um, contraception at all. I was kind of I said about the Catholicism thing. I was like, oh yeah, because they like believe in life. Like it's always like life, so you can't have contraception because it's like even condoms are bad because like that could have been life and you've stopped it or so on. Um, but it's, that's not necessarily. It's quite a complex picture really around yeah. around contraception. So I've I've. Um... A sort of religious standing on it. Yeah, so I suppose the, the first area I can talk a little bit about is the, I suppose, the fundamentalist Christian um, perspective, because that's really, uh, that was where I came from as, as a young person growing up. Um, and the, the, the general feeling around evangelicals and Christian fundamentalist Christians is that, um, again, it's quite complex because... In principle, contraception is generally not forbidden among those groups, so long as it's certain types. So things like condoms and certain types of the pill and so on are seen as fine because they are they stop the union between the sperm and the egg. So essentially, con- conception doesn't happen. So as long as they don't meet. So as long as okay. conception doesn't happen, then those groups would accept that because for them life begins at conception so life begins as soon as that egg and sperm unite um, and at that point no, there's something sacred there so for some it might be that the soul is implanted at that moment or it might just be that god has a you know has something to say about life and that any taking of any life is wrong which was the principle that that i was brought up as with as a jehovah's witness um so things like the coil or certain types of hormones that essentially just stop the the um, implantation, but yes, not exactly. the conception. Exactly, and those were considered wrong. Yeah. So there's some issue there. Also with um, evangelicals and again fundamentalist Christians, there's often some suspicion of contraception. Not within the marriage, that's kind of accepted, again, with those caveats. But it's more that if that's readily available, essentially what it's doing is it's creating a society where, you know, people are rampantly having sex all over the place. Mm. um, And they fear that kind of breakdown of morality. So they don't believe in sex before marriage. um, And generally having sex outside of that arrangement Therefore, yeah. contraception is problematic in in many yeah. ways. They just want it to be good, normal, yeah. good, normal sex that only within that only the marriage either, uh, yeah. arrangement. Um, so that's the sort of evangelical wing. The Catholic um, position is quite is 
it's quite interesting actually yeah it was interesting as well to hear because obviously i did re at school yeah we had to look at catholicism and i just like i said i just thought it was like it's always considered sort of like it's always life as soon as like there's anything expelled it's life um so you know regardless of if they meet and become one even when they're separate entities it's still life though so they they kind of like don't like masturbation on that front Mm. so it's even to that degree which is a little bit problematic when you then transfer that to women because women have periods so like Mm. should is is it bad that every time you're not trying for a child i don't know but that's all i had and it's not necessarily a correct and full picture you went and did some proper reading yeah And, and also bear in mind it was a long time ago so i was having blurry knowledge so dad well, did something a bit more yeah went in, didn't you? okay so there's there's a there's a bit of a history of, of catholicism just before i i do that though it's it's worth mentioning onan's sin um right. so actually the bible doesn't say anything about contraception because um, it wouldn't exist did it, but the it bible time? apparently it it was around okay um in various forms i mean it depends yeah, what you call contraception yeah. but apparently there were there was wives tales wasn't there as yeah, to what you could do exactly. yeah but there was there were even things like um, the rhythm method, which we'll talk about in a moment. But that was understood um, and practiced um, even in you know even in Bible times. So it wasn't like it was completely unknown. But the Bible itself has very little to say. The only thing it, it kind of talks about is um, Onan's sin. So Onan, uh, we're going back to the Old Testament here, early days. Mm. Um, Onan had a brother called Ur. I love their names. Okay, Um, and in uh, in Israel, the in those sort of ancient times, the there was an arrangement called leveret marriage. Right. Um, So if um, if you if you were a male and you had a brother, um, and that brother had a wife, if that brother died, then you essentially had to take his wife as yours, and that would be called leveret marriage. So I guess you'd hope that your brother got a nice wife because one day you might end up with her. Because oh, um, people died a lot in the past as yeah. well, so it's, a, it's actually a exactly. high probability. So um, so this happened to Onan. His brother Ur died, um, who happened to be the firstborn. So Onan was the younger brother of Ur, mm. who died, which meant that Onan had to take his uh, his brother's wife as his wife. But the other thing about leveret marriage was that any children born to that union would officially be in the lineage of the older brother mm. of Ur. Um, and that was a big deal in those times because you got twice the inheritance. Mm. So basically you got, you know, you got all the good stuff. You got everything of your, of re- your, of father. your biological father and your, like, your dad. Technically, it's not your dad, but you No, no, no. Yeah. No, from, from Onan's perspective, yeah. he would be expecting to inherit oh, right, whatever yeah. came down to him from his father. Yeah. Especially now that his brother's died, yeah, his elder yeah. brother's died. But as soon as he marries in Leverett marriage mm. his brother's wife, mm. any children born to that means that it skips him. Oh, and it goes, just skips him in time. Skips him oh, and no. goes to the son. Oh, rubbish. So he wasn't very keen on that no. for obvious reasons, and so there's a there's a section in the Bible where he is described as wasting his semen, which basically means that he didn't, um, you know, pulled out. He he uh, he stopped at a critical moment, let's say, and um, he was killed for it. God killed him. 
he was sentenced to death and killed for that act. Rubbish day. (laughs) Yeah, bad day all round. Now, that is considered to be as a result of the fact that he was breaking this kind of lever at marriage thing by some, but others think it was because he was essentially not going through with uh, the union, which would create a child. He had the fun without... Exactly. And so that, that at the heart of it, is kind of what's, I think, rattled around in in lots of Catholics' heads, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is that sex is not for pleasure it's the purpose of the purpose of sex is to have children so that that's the only kind of biblical principle if you like with which um, the the old church had to to go on yeah. so um i've got a few dates here which i'll just go through quite quickly so in 1588 pope sixtus v um called it homicide so called any form of um Wasting contracept or... contraception oh. as homicide um in the 1800s so that was kind of the general rule but it was basically ignored so nobody took any notice of him but that was the edict everyone was promiscuous in the 1500s even though the pope wasn't for it then (laughs) they just ignored that so it doesn't mean they were promiscuous it just means that they if they wanted to um use a rhythm method or something like that they 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 would right in the 1800s there was um a kind of revisit on this and it was generally considered that it was technically wrong but because it was the 1800s it was a bit too icky to talk about so nobody did anything about it <laughs> that's so, my favorite one yeah so we now get I'm, i have to say that i've got this information from the uh conversation.com good reference but they didn't use that term that is my term no but that's my favorite yeah. though like it's more it's it's technically wrong but i don't want we to don't talk, want to talk about, about it, it. That's my which favorite. basically led everybody to do what they wanted still but yeah. in 1930 pope Pius the 11th declared that contraception was inherently evil violates violates the law of god and nature and that even included the rhythm method and i'm sure everybody knows what that is but basically it means getting your calendar out and calculating when uh, the woman has ovulated and at what point they're going to be fertile. Yeah, because that's become... Um, it's been in talks more again recently because yeah. there's an app for it now. Of course you, there is. And you can... Um, there's an app for everything. Yeah, because it like, takes your temperature every day <laughs> yes. and stuff and then it helps you work it out. Yes. Um, it generally is considered to be pretty unreliable as a method, although technically, you know, it should work. But the problem is... Being sure about when things are happening is not always easy, even even with an app. But anyway, that's um, what that's are you the saying? Problem. That apps aren't entirely reliable. <laughs> um, in 1951, there was a slight adjustment to that, and Pius the Twelfth approved the rhythm method. So that was a bit of a relaxation, but it still applied to condom use, for instance. Um, so that was still seen as a, a sin, violated god's law so this became a bit more of a burning issue as you can imagine in the 1960s because that's when you've got stuff like the pill exactly and so they couldn't really ignore it any longer there's lots of different opinions about you know do we know enough about what god thinks about this really to be I able mean, to the pill didn't exist back in er and whatever his name yeah was. Onan. <laughs> and if that's all you've got to go on then the bible doesn't really say anything about it um that gives you any proper understanding about what god might think yeah um anyway so that was gen- the general debate there was between 63 and 66 a uh 
Pontifical Commission, which is basically the Pope putting out a commission to look into this. So they took three years and they recommended accepting birth control. Mm. At which point Pope Paul VI rejects that and decides to go with the minority view prohibiting all forms of contraception, including condom use. Mm. Um, What year was that? That that was in 1966, and mm. yeah, and we've not revisited that. that since. Then. That's no, still that's the still generally still considered to be the. Um, the there the obviously, situation. I mean, things are a bit more relaxed in terms of you know a lot of people that are quote unquote Catholic but don't. Okay, so here's a kind of broad statement. Uh-huh. I would say the majority of Catholics probably ignore that. Yeah, we're back to the 1800s <laughs> exactly. when it was just a bit icky again. <laughs> However, that is, and there are lots that do. So I know in Africa particularly, there's a lot of concern about the spread of AIDS Mm -hmm. um, because of the Catholic Church's refusal to um, accept that condom use is is acceptable, if you like. So it does have big consequences. Well, that's the thing. It's not just about... No. It's not just about pregnancy. And I know it's quite easy to get pulled into just thinking about it in... um, family planning but it's not just about that it's, it's not it has it has huge consequences and and I th- what's interesting i think looking at the history of of the catholic church is that they kind of got themselves into a real bind mm. because they once they'd made a decision or once some popes had made a decision or at least said something about it because the the some in the catholic church in the tradition is is that essentially that's divinely inspired and the pope is even infallible um, in some people's eyes that that means that you can't really backtrack on anything no. so you can't change your mind on anything so you've got this horrible situation where you've got you know just because some pope made a decision back in 1500 or something you, you yeah. how can you you know if he's divinely inspired then that means that god was wrong well that can't be true so they're tying yourself into horrific knots they've created a prison for themselves here um and it's still yeah it's still an area of of real concern Mm. um but it it does i think it does come back it's interesting that the only part of the bible that talks about this where is the woman in this conversation she's not present no um the one that's punished in this rare occasion is Ur. if you go right back to the beginning because no it's onan Oh, is it Onan, not Ur? Oh, Ur no, died. Cool, yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just remember Ur more because it's inter- It's just a fun <laughs> name. Um, yeah, he gets punished. Though, bless him, what if he just wasn't ready for kids yet? You know? But there we are. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and yeah, it does disregard all these things that are important to us now. I mean, just the phrase family planning, like being ready for children, you know, taking on the responsibility of children giving them a good life these things are important and part of why people use contraceptive it's not just for yourself is it as well it's, it's not because there's a there's an outcome if you don't do absolutely these things. And but i think it's interesting that that the the perspective has always been male from dominated. the male i mean the popes mm. are always male the, yeah. the 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 edicts are always men um obviously it goes back to a biblical account really some of it does um, which revolves men. around men making those decisions and, you know, for, for better or worse. Mm. Um, so it's, I think it's very interesting that women, and that I think goes back to our original yeah. discussion about why is it that, you know... There's this fury yeah. bubbling up. And I think it's it's partly that. It's because men are have traditionally and throughout history have made those decisions yeah. for women. There's a disproportionate amount yeah. of who's 
doing the heavy lifting yeah. and who's doing the decision making. That's right. And, yeah. that, and that is frustrating. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's not because, you know, anyone did that to women. That's just how we've evolved. Like, women do have to carry birth and then if you're breastfeeding and so on, continue to be, you know, very physically... Yeah. It, it's your body, but There's... ultimately... That yeah. should mean that you get a bigger seat at the table, surely, for Absolutely. making that choice. There's some biological imperatives, which, yes, and that that is right, isn't it? And I think that's that's why, um, I suppose, liberal politics is very much about that, is about saying that women should have that, that choice in all sorts of yeah. areas. Um, but particularly when it comes to uh, their decisions around having children. Yeah, because even if you are, for instance, going to have a stay-at-home dad instead, um, there's still physical implications because you've got physical recovery time and you've got if you are i mean you'd have to i guess choose not to breastfeed or something if you're going to be leaving them at home with dad instead while you go to work and so on yeah or you could adopt i suppose that's the other way of doing it so that so that the um there are fewer um physical obstacles yeah yeah. um but that's um yeah it's an interesting addition to the questions and it bring it does bring us back to that original question as to why uh, why is there that anger? And I think it's it's partly that actually is that mm-hmm. is that systemic um, sexism that that has that has created the society in which we live that's made it more difficult for women to take a certain part in that society. Yeah. Of course, that that doesn't mean that there aren't some things that women get to do that men probably would like to do as well. So. I can't imagine the joy of actually growing, growing a, a person inside mm. you. How amazing is that? Yeah, you know, yeah. um, and the bond that must create with that with that individual. Mm. Um, yeah, there's often, I think yeah, there's obviously pros and cons. Isn't yeah, there? Exactly, of all yeah. things, there's yeah. pros and cons. Um, I think it's just, I guess, worth having these calm conversations. Just going through why someone might be angry. So, so we've we've covered that quite well. I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Mm. Because, I mean, obviously, I always enjoy the podcast, but I really enjoyed this conversation because I think there was seemingly it's, it could be a really small topic, but there's actually a lot to unpick just from yeah. the from people getting angry online about a medical trial to. Mm we went back to as early as like the 1500s yes. and the popes being a bit weird about sex yeah there was loads to talk about and the old there. testament and the old testament yeah and... so wide wide scope yeah you know um, i found out the new name for my future child uh, uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like every time you had to do that uh yeah what do you want yeah uh, <laughs> just like, oh, no. maybe that's what his mum did <laughs> she what just... are you gonna call him uh... And they just wrote that. They, they got out their tablet and etched it in, and there's no taking it back once someone's etched it into a tablet on the birth certificate. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. But there um, you go. Okay, I hope maybe you enjoyed our little sort of weird joke at the end. That's becoming part of it now. We have like our yeah our little joke at the end. But, okay, um, well, thank you very much for listening. Go um, talk to your dad about contraception. <laughs> Tell us how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah go and do that and um genuinely though i think more people need to speak to their dad slash mum about contraception yeah and just because like your parents have probably they know things <laughs> oh shut up come on end this podcast it's the end we're wrapping up oh, okay talk talk to your family about about these things it's interesting because you're potentially different ages genders yeah. 
hopefully you're different ages <laughs> um <laughs> have a conversation it's interesting it, it is, is really interesting good. yeah right um, so don't forget to subscribe and if you're to... on itunes leave a review yeah spotify it's this weird oh, vote thing i don't get it okay. so if you can if you love us so much that you want to understand how the voting thing works, then go on an adventure. But otherwise, <laughs> iTunes has a very simple yeah. um, star system. Apparently, it makes a massive difference to how many people get to sort it of It starts see to get it. pushed up. So if yeah. you actually want to hear these conversations and, and have your friends hearing it and yeah. you know have a community growing... If you care about the podcast, then yeah. Grow the community. Grow it, you have yeah. the power for that. We have the power to make it. You have the power to grow us. <laughs> So thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. What should I think about?